Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, award-winning comedian Madeline Stewart, who's performed with the likes of Adam Hills, Rove McManus and Andrew Denton. She's performed at Sydney Fringe and Sydney Comedy Festival and she won the AMP Tomorrow Maker Award for her production of inclusive, accessible comedy show Crips and Creeps. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Isn't it great to be all together again, isn't it? I know, isn't it great? Finally, you can sneeze in each other's mouths again. Oh, bliss. Uh, Hello. Uh, Before I start my story, I thought I'd just do a little visual description for those of you listening in. I'm a five foot two petite blonde woman missing my left arm from the elbow down. And uh, I have fabulous legs. Thank you. (laughs) And tiny little tits. Uh, (laughs) I know, incredible. Um, So uh, also before we start, I just wanted to say that some of you during my story might feel just a tiny bit inspired by me. I know, you're only human, okay? All right? Uh, But uh, mostly it's because of this bad boy right here. Am I right? You feeling inspired by me? Oh, if you could just, you know, control yourself, your animals. Uh, uh, And just remember that I eat chicken nuggets in bed just like everyone else. Okay, on with the story. Growing up in Campbelltown, my nickname was the One-Armed Bandit. It's true. It's okay. We can laugh at these things. <laughs> I'm fine. I know I've got one arm. Uh, so it was, it, that was, that's what it was called, the One-Armed Bandit. And I don't know whether it was a clever play on words, you know, with the stump looking a bit like a lever or whether it was because I was just the Centrelink jackpot for my parents. Uh, still uh, thinking about that one. Uh, so my childhood was very much like yours. I had parents, a brother, a dog. I climbed trees, did cartwheels, uh, you know, played with Barbies. And when I grew up, I wanted to be Britney Spears. I have succeeded, obviously. <laughs> Um, no, and, but most of all, when I was little, I wanted to be not disabled. So my mum would always tell me, you're normal, okay? You're normal, you're normal, you're not disabled, you're, you're normal, you're just like every other kid, okay? You're definitely not disabled, you are normal. Uh, which, you know, kind of sounds great, doesn't it? Like the world is your oyster, you can do anything. But it wasn't really like that, was it? It wasn't quite like that on the surface. When you dig a little deeper... It was a little bit more difficult because mum, mum took it a bit too far. She expected me to physically do everything every child with both of their hands could do. You know, like clap or do the macarena. <laughs> Eva, do, you re- do you remember as a kid, do you remember Incy Wincy Spider? That shit fucked me up. I'm like, Incy Wincy. Oh, shit. 
Uh, so not only was I trying and failing uh, to, to be like every other child, but whenever I displayed any sort of self-conscious behaviour, I was chastised. I would constantly get in trouble for wearing my cardigans on a summer day or putting my stump in my mum's handbag to hide it as she walked along this or, you know, holding it in front of me, hoping that no one would look because my mum would yell at me and she'd be like, nobody notices. Stop making a big deal. Nobody even sees it. But you know, I saw it and I saw other people looking at me and I saw people staring at me and uh, I know it's a weird flex but I've made quite a lot of toddlers cry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, But at the moment, whenever things like that happen, you can't help but feel a little bit like a monster because that is what people with disability are portrayed as on television. So you're either this beautiful, innocent little starlet that of inspiration or you're the villain, aren't you? I feel like the best way is if the world is Forrest Gump, you are either Forrest Gump world like life is a box of chocolates I'm asexual and very inspiring or your lieutenant Dan and just a cunt (laughs) the entire way through the film uh you know jokes on them I'm both no (laughs) no as a kid I couldn't I couldn't really connect with either of these ideas of disability um and I saw value in being normal really everyone around me was normal and the only time I saw other children like me was at the Westmead Children's Hospital and I remember my mum walking me through the wards and showing me all the other disabled children like some morbid little freak show to the right the bulimics and to the left the stroke victims it's like fucking hell Uh, but she would look at them and she would say Madeline look Look at them. At least you're not like them. You should be thankful. Yeah, you feel awkward. Uh, So (laughs) I I was quite confused. I thought, well, you know, I look like some of these children, but... I'm not sick, but I'm at the hospital. Uh, what was the deal? And I, I mean, I, I was very confused. But the one thing I remember is the way that my mum looked at those children. And I knew that I didn't want her to look at me like that. And so I, in desperation, asked for a prosthetic arm. Cure-all, isn't it? Uh, And whoa, Nelly, was that an experience. I feel like anyone here with disability knows that trying to get any sort of funding services or any sort of assistance from the government... It's a shitstorm. It is. It is. It's terrible. I mean, first all you have to do is prove that you are disabled. Yes, uh, I had to go to a GP for him to just go, yeah. Like, it's so, I'm I'm disabled. I feel like nobody's questioning. I take a Polaroid. Like... Anyway, we had, it's like, it's like, mm, have you, are you sure you're disabled? Have, have you tried growing a new arm? It's like, have you just, have you tried being rich? Uh, it's, 
Because, you know, prosthetic arms are $30,000 up. Whoa, yeah. And they're the really bad ones too, 30 grand. If you want a good one, that's like 50 grand. Uh, So in the 90s, there was no NDIS. So we needed to seek private funding through the hospital, which in short meant selling my sob story to rotary clubs and golf clubs and hope, hope that they would take pity on me and pay for my arm. I was like an X Factor contestant. It was pretty intense. And some might say I really was the worst kind of arms dealer. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Oh. So this story meant months of writing things that I can't do or my struggle and really trying to pinpoint how low my quality of life was. And as a child, that really did wonders for my self-esteem. It was great. So for the majority of the time, I had my mother telling me, you're normal, nobody even notices. But as soon as we get to the hospital, she turns around like, ham it up, I want that money. And I was very confused. I mean, how could I be completely normal and handicapped at the same time and all the while feeling so ashamed about the way that I looked? You know, eventually I received the funding congratulations to me, and I got a prosthetic arm which looked like a metal claw and it had a pulley system that operated it that connected to my elbow and my shoulder. So realistic, am I right? Nobody would know. It's a fake. (laughs) I've fooled them. Um, And (laughs) really, you thought the phones of the 90s were chunky. You should have seen the arms. That was something, I looked like something from Mad Max. So my big brother, Callum, was my greatest ally growing up and he was the polar opposite of my mum. And he didn't see disability as something negative. He didn't really see it at all. I was my brother. I was his sister. Like, that's just the way it is. He loved me. No big deal. And as my anxiety over my body started to escalate and I started really starting to be afraid about starting kindergarten. Yeah, you all thought I was older, didn't you? You all thought I was older. (laughs) It wasn't. Uh, So I, my brother decided I'm going to, I'm going to cheer you up. And he said to me one day, let's go, let's watch Star Wars. So imagine this six-year-old, 10-year-old sitting on the couch watching Empire Strikes Back And I think we all know where this is going. It's the whole, Luke, I am your father. And then he cuts his arm off and Luke gets this really cool prosthetic arm, which really is Mark Hamill's arm with like wires, gaffer tape to it, isn't it? (laughs) Is unhealthy expectations, am I right? Anyway, so in that moment, my brother turned to me and was like, oh my God, you're a Jedi. I was, like, amazed. I blew my mind. Like, Luke was the hero. Like, he wasn't pitied. He didn't have to go to the hospital. He didn't have a mum telling him, be normal, Luke. Like, that didn't happen for him. Uh, And I thought, oh, my God, I don't want to be normal anymore. I want to be a Jedi. (laughs) 
my brother completely changed the way I thought of myself and disability. And I, I feel like at this point in the story, some of you are feeling inspired, are we? <laughs> you, you, I see it. Oh, keep it in your pants, all right? <laughs> if you're going to be inspired in my story, I want you to be inspired by my brother. He taught me that disability isn't something to be ashamed of. Disability is something to be celebrated, not overcome. My life isn't some sort of quest to overcome disability. Like, my life, it's not Lord of the Rings, you know, although I wouldn't mind being, like, piggybacked around New Zealand by Elijah Wood, <laughs> am I right? Very kind eyes. Uh, <laughs> so Callum eventually got married, actually. He actually got married a few weeks back. How exciting is that? You know, nothing like a pandemic to make you feel romantic. Uh, and a fun fact, his wife is a person with disability, which obviously I love. Uh, but I'm sure we can all guess who the party pooper was who wasn't a big fan of the blossoming into abled relationship. Am I right? Mumsy, she wasn't a fan. Um, in fact, when they started dating, my mum sat Callum down and said, Callum, you know, you don't have to date a disabled person. You've done your time. <laughs> yes, and then she said, you know, looking after Madeline all these years. And my brother was like, when he told me this story, which, you know, admittedly was kind of upsetting. Like, I don't know if you guys can pinpoint the moment that your mum thought of you as a burden. Uh, <laughs> It's fun. Uh, but my, my brother said to me, he's like, I kind of feel sorry for mum. Like, she doesn't realise what real love is. He's like, you know, mum doesn't understand that you're not a burden and you never have been. And then he's like, I was always going to look after you. I'm your brother. That's what big brothers do. Oh, isn't that lovely? He also said, I didn't know spending time with you was charity. I would have had it tax deducted. <laughs> Uh, you know, my mum has never come round to my brother's way of thinking, but thank goodness I did. And that is what's important. You know, parents are sometimes wrong and my mum is not infallible and is, in fact, often wrong, let's be real. <laughs> my brother and I don't see much of mum nowadays. We slowly cut ties over the years and now we don't hear from her at all. It sounds, this sounds like a, a sad story, doesn't it? But um, if you look really closely, Callum, his wife and I live happy little lives together. And, you know, it's no Christmas arguments. In fact, Christmas is very cheap. I highly recommend it. <laughs> you know, there's no weird family drama. It's, it's actually a lot like Han Solo and Princess Leia happily in love and I'm Luke the weird sibling that's just there, you know? <laughs> but while I was writing this story, uh, I was asked, but how does the story end, Madeline? And well, the truth is, I'm 27 and the story's not complete. I will probably always feel a little bit inadequate. I will probably always feel 
a little bit of internalised ableism. Like, that's not going to go away. That's a big journey within myself that will continue throughout my entire life. But I'm so glad that I've learnt really hard lessons early on and now I can continue to live a life that is free. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider supporting the project on Patreon. Check out the link in the episode description. Finally, for late night ramblings, gay shit and photos of me trying to garden with a baby on my back, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter and Instagram. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.